Well, good morning. Good morning. All right. Good job, everybody. Everybody's wide awake. 845 service. Come on. So glad that you have come out and uh, come to church today. We know that God has great things in store for you. Um, we had a great service last night. Um, and God just really ministered to a lot of people in just really special, significant ways. So here is what I want to say to you before we even get into the Word today. Is just be expecting. Have ears to hear. Have a heart to respond and to receive what God would speak to you today through His Word. So before we get into that, would you just bow your head with me and let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share your truth with your people. I pray, God, that our hearts will be prepared to receive, God, and that our attention would be yours and yours alone, God. I pray that we'll be free of any distractions or anything that may be going on at home or in our lives, Father, but yet we'll be able to just focus on you and your truth, and we'll be able to receive it and not just be hearers of the word only, but also be doers of the word, God, and we thank you that we are able to take this word and able to do something with it, apply it to our lives, understand it, minister to us, Holy Spirit, in the only way that you can. We thank you so much for changed hearts, renewed minds, God. We thank you for the impact that you're making in our lives and that you're going to continue to do so even today in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Well, last week we had um, Joe McGee with us. Did you guys enjoy Joe? <clears throat> yeah. Wanted to let you know that um, the three services, they were, they were a little different, um, each one of them, so they weren't all exactly the same. So if you are concerned about what you may have missed, uh, give us a call at the office or shoot us an email at info at wogcc.com and we'll make sure uh, to make you some CDs if you would like. Um, the one that's on the internet is the 845 service. So if you were here last week at 845, then that's the one that's online, but the other two were a little different. So just to give you a heads up on that, but what we did with Joe is that we really kicked off this new series uh, called Heartwork. And we've been talking about how God is looking at our hearts and how we really have to make ourselves vulnerable and open to God in our hearts if we ever really want to see our hearts change. Because God's looking at our hearts. He's not looking at just what we say or what we do. He's looking at our heart because guess what? Our heart, that's who we really are. You might be able to fool me. You might be able to fool your spouse. You might be able to fool your friends. But guess who, guess who you can't fool? You can't fool God. Right? There's no fooling God. There's no way we can fool him. He sees right through the facade. He sees right through the, all of the junk. And he sees the hurt. He sees the pain. He sees the things that we may be missing in our lives. But here's the thing, folks. We, we can't just walk through this life trying to fool God and fool one another. Because in a, in a sense, that's us saying, you know what, God, we're smarter than you. We've got this figured out. And we're a lot slicker than you are. How many of you guys think we're not smarter than God? He's a lot smarter than us. And here's the thing. We need him. We need him. And so allowing him to work on our hearts means that we are honest, that we become very vulnerable and we become very open. It means that we take a real look in the mirror because we're not fooling him. You know, people look for all kinds of things to fill that gap or that void in their life. They look for all kinds of things to try to maybe even heal the hurt or feel uh, like they need something in their lives that may be missing. So here's what we do a lot of times. We'll go, oh, uh, I'm alone, I'm wounded, I'm hurt, I need someone to complete me. And so I'll think, well, I'll just go out and get married and that'll be the answer, right? And so we go out and we find a spouse and we, we get married and we think that's going to be it. That's going to be just the best thing in life. And then all of a sudden we find out that, you know, 
although we love our spouse, there's still something missing. Oh, I know what's missing. It's, it's kids. That's what's going to fill the void in my life. That's what's going to give me meaning and significance. That's what is going to help my heart to heal. I need to have kids. So, honey, let's have kids. So you have kids, and, and, and kids are wonderful, but they're also a lot of work. <laughs> and you find out that even though you have your kids and you love your kids, that there's still something that's missing in your life. And, and there's still something that, 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 that even children and a spouse couldn't feel. And these wounds and these, this hurt, we just try to mask it with all of these things we try to accumulate and we try to make ourselves feel better. Well, I must need this. I must need that. Maybe it's, it's, it's a better position in my job or a different job. And so we'll just kill ourselves trying to get that special parking space or that plaque uh, hanging on our door or on our desk. And we think, oh, if I could have this significant position in life, then, then, then I'll find that healing. Then I'll find that peace that I've been looking for. Uh, That's what I need. And we go searching and searching and searching. And we go from one thing to the next. And it may temporarily satisfy us or give us a sense of purpose for just a little bit. But it doesn't really heal the core issue. You see, for God to do the heart work that needs to be done in us... We have to understand that we've got to be open and real and vulnerable that for us to experience and understand that real healing and restoration in our lives. But for us to allow God to do that work in our heart that really needs to be done, folks, here's really the core of the message today, is that we have to trust Him. We've got to trust God. We have to trust Him. But here's the thing about a broken heart. Here's the thing about us walking around with wounds and pains of the past or hurt or things that may be missing in our lives is that a broken heart causes broken trust. And so we have to allow ourselves to get to a place where we trust God so we can be restored and renewed and He can heal us. But a lot of times we have a hard time trusting God because we've got a broken heart. Have you ever been let down by people? Maybe one or two of us in this room have had that experience. Been let down by people. You see, here's the thing. When we put our faith in people alone, when we put our faith and our trust in people alone, we set ourselves up for hurt and to be disappointed. You want to know why? Because people fail and they're not perfect. Right? Somebody is going to hurt you along the way. Somebody is going to disappoint you along the way. And it's what we do with that in that moment that's going to determine whether or not we're going to get stuck in our lives or whether we're going to move forward. When we look at what someone did to us or what they didn't do to us, and we have that broken heart that we walk around with this open wound and we're trying to find something to fix it and something to heal it. And all the meanwhile, we're, we're, we're becoming so untrusting of anyone or anything and especially God. We don't trust people. We don't trust our spouse. We don't trust anyone and we won't let anybody get too close. We're not going to be too real or too vulnerable with anybody because I'm afraid of being hurt again. I'm afraid of being disappointed again. And so I just keep my distance or I keep people at arm's length. You see, here's the thing. We're not supposed to put our trust in people. We're not supposed to put our faith in people. But if we never learn to trust people, then what we do is we construct walls that will isolate us And we dwell inside of those walls with a broken heart and with a hurt heart. We'll live in this place of isolation. And so I never let anybody get real close to me. Or I never want to really trust anybody again because I was burned before. You know, I I can't really trust my spouse because, you know, I was married before. And let me tell you what he or she did to me in my previous marriage. And so I'm never going to get really close to you or really open up to you. 
I'm never going to really trust that pastor because there was one time when I went to church and, and, and there was a pastor that did this and, and I'm wounded and, and I'm broken and my heart hurts so I'm going to keep it arm length and I'm not going to really trust anyone. I'm going to keep my boss at my arm's length. I'm going to keep my spouse at arm's length. I'm going to keep even people that want to be close to me and want to be friends with me and people that I should be able to be open with and be real with but I'm afraid to be real with anybody so I just play the game and I put the mask on for everybody to see but all the meanwhile, I'm very lonely. I'm, I've isolated myself because I don't want to hurt again. Folks, let me tell you, if you go through this life, there are going to be people that will disappoint you no matter who they are. There will be people that may say or do things that may hurt you. And it's not that you get to a point where you get healed and that never happens again because it's going to happen. Newsflash. It's going to happen. It's how you deal with it when it happens. Are you going to allow it to become a stumbling block in your life that breaks that trust all over again and now I'm going to push people and, other, and even push God even further away and I'm going to just play the game and put on the happy face all the meanwhile I'm hurting or am I going to learn how to deal with it the way God wants me to deal with it and allow Him to do the heart work in me that even though I make myself vulnerable and even though I may be hurt, I may be disappointed, I still know how to move forward and love you and forgive you and walk in compassion. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference in living a life that's defeated, stuck in that moment, stuck in that one event, or stuck in that series of events, or stuck looking always at that one person or that one thing that they said or did and never being able to find closure or healing and move past it. And let, folks, let me tell you, that's a lonely place to be. Your heart has to experience healing or you're going to live life miserable and feeling like you can't trust anybody. You know, women won't trust men and men don't trust women. You may treat your wife bad or you may have a negative attitude towards women, maybe because of the way that your father treated your mom or because of the way that a woman may have treated you. And because that wound is there, you begin to act out of your woundedness. You begin to make decisions and treat other people out of your woundedness. Your insecurities or your anger or your impatience may be a result of that wound that you're still carrying around in your life. And you treat everybody like that or you treat your spouse that way. Oh, why are you nice to everybody else? But when we get home and we're behind closed doors, if they really saw how you really acted, would they really think you're as spiritual or special as you claim to be? Because I see who you really are. And I see that you have an anger issue. Or I see that you're always trying to hurt me. Why are you always trying to hurt me? Why are you always doing this or saying these types of things to me? It's because they're acting out of their wounds. Because they're acting out of their hurt. Because they haven't allowed God in their lives to do the heart work. To really fix the core. Because they haven't made themselves vulnerable and open to God to do that heart work. Because I, I can't trust God. I can't trust you because I want to keep you away because I'm afraid of that happening again. That's a miserable place to be, folks. Wouldn't you agree? That, that's a miserable place to be. But so many people live and dwell in those moments and in those things of the past. You know, people are afraid or angry at men maybe because dad wasn't around. Maybe they never got dad's approval and it affects how they relate to their boss or their spouse or their kids or even their own self-image and their self-worth. 
Husbands and wives don't trust each other because of disappointments from growing up. And maybe, you know, that maybe a man and a woman are even afraid to get married because they remember the pain that they experienced when they were children of their parents getting a divorce. And so they think, well, we'll just live together and that'll be fine. We're not going to commit or get married because marriage, that's just old fashioned. And we make all of these excuses for why we're not going to commit to this covenant of marriage. And we just say, oh, we'll just live together. Why? Why? Why will you not make that commitment? Because I'm afraid of it not working out. Because I remember when it didn't work out when I grew up with my parents. And I remember how much that hurt. All I'm trying to do is protect protect myself from being hurt again. That's all I'm trying to do. But I'm making those decisions out of my wounds. You understand what I'm saying this morning? You, you, You make those decisions out of your woundedness. And we will avoid the tough decisions. We will avoid commitment. We will avoid all of these other areas in our lives that God could use to be such a blessing to us. We stay away from those because I've been hurt before when I stepped out and I did this. Or when I really trusted someone. Or when I was really vulnerable. Or when I was really upset. I'm not going there again. I'm not playing that game again. And we walk around wounded and hurt. All the while, God wants us to be vulnerable and open with Him and allow him to do the heart work in our lives that is going to heal us and make us whole. But here's the thing with heart work. Heart work is hard work. It's hard work. It is hard. You want to know why it's hard? It's hard because when your trust has been violated, when you have a broken heart, we have to work at forgiving, letting go, and trusting again. That's our responsibility. God can't do that for us. God can't make us trust anymore. God can't just wave his hand and all of a sudden we're just trusting again. He can heal our heart, but we have to take the step to forgive, to release, to let it go, to not get stuck in that moment, to not get stuck in that pain. But it's hard. This is easier to say than it is to do, right? Come on, pastor being real with you today. I mean... Amen. High five. Praise the Lord. I'm going to write it down and underline it. And this is good. And I'm definitely going to email this to somebody else. (laughs) But it's hard for us to do. It's hard for us to look in the mirror. And it's hard for us to face ourselves with these things. Because we know that there's things in our lives that we need to deal with. But we keep sweeping it under the rug. Oh, I'm not going to deal with this issue. And I'll just try to mask it. Or, oh, I'm over it. Oh, it's no big deal. But yet we're still acting out of that woundedness and we haven't truly found that healing because we haven't allowed God to do the heart work on us because it's too hard. It's not fun to do heart work. It's not fun to allow God to really expose who I am on the inside. All the things I've been trying to fool everybody that I got under control and that I got okay. But yet at the same time, we have to understand that we've got to work at forgiving Letting go and trusting again. Now, we need to understand something. That God is our source, not people. People are not your source for happiness. People are not your source for joy, peace, all those things. God is your source. But out of our trust for God, we should be able to love people authentically and learn to trust one another again. Amen, somebody? You see, it's because I understand who my source is that I can step out and trust you even though you might do me wrong, even though you might hurt me. But, but what? So you're just telling me I'm supposed to put myself out there and let somebody just run all over me again? Oh, let's look at that for just a second. Let's turn to the book of Matthew in the 10th chapter. 
And let's see what Jesus said. He, he was getting ready to send out his disciples, and he had commissioned them to go out and to do work in his name. And he had said, listen, guys, I'm going to give you my authority, and I want you to go preach, and I want you to teach, and I want you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want you to see demons cast out. I want you to go and do all these things in my name because I'm giving you my authority in my name to go out and do all these things. And he said, so, so here's what I want you to do in, verse, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16, he said, but I want you to be aware of what's going to happen. Behold, I'm sending you guys out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Sheep and wolves. Sheep and wolves. Wolves, bad. (laughs) One wolf can take out a lot of sheep. I'm sending you in the midst of wolves, plural. Lots of bad things out there. That's what Jesus is saying. So just get ready. Buckle up. Hang on. You're a sheep. Bad. Wolves. Bad. (laughs) I'm sending you out amongst all these wolves. So you got to be careful. So here's my warning and my advice to you. He says, therefore, be wise as serpents, but also be harmless as doves. He said, listen, you're going to be out amongst people that are out to hurt you or that will do you wrong. People that may want to take your life. People that want to steal from you. People that want to go out and put your name in a bad way all over the front page of the newspaper. They want to just, they want to blast you. They want to put you down. They want to see you fail. But listen, when you go out amongst these wolves, you need to be as wise as a serpent. So don't be dumb. Be smart. But yet also you need to have grace and be gentle like a dove. You see, we need to both learn to be wise and gentle. We need to learn how to forgive and have grace but not to go down that same road with that same person that way again. Hello, somebody. That's called being smart. Smarty, smarty. We're being smart. We're not going to allow ourselves to go down that same road, but yet at the same time, I'm not harboring bitterness and unforgiveness and that hurt and that pain. I remember when I lived in Texas, I started a, a website and graphic design business, and I did that for a little over three years. And when I was uh, running that business, I got so excited when I uh, got all these new clients because it just seemed like all these people started coming out of the woodwork, and it was wonderful. It was great, and I had to- so much business. And there was this one particular customer. He was a pastor, and he knew that I was a pastor because we were there. We planted a church, and he came to me and said, I want you to do a website, and I've got so-and-so that wants you to do a website. And I thought, man, this is great. I'm getting all this business, and man, it was an exciting time. And this guy said, I want you to build this website. This is a pastor. And we started hanging out. We became friends. I went to his church. He said, I'm going to have you preach sometime. Oh, yeah, that's great. Awesome. That's so cool. And he said, I want you to build me a website. I want you to do me a logo. I want you to print me some banners. I want you to print me some business cards because I also did it printing on the side. And I had all this stuff printed for him, designed all this stuff for him. And I just gave it all to him. And, 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 and I said, I'll tell you, you, you can just pay me when, when we're done with all of these transactions, all this stuff. Oh, man, it'll be great. Praise God. Wonderful. I go to invoice, and guess what? No payment came in that month. And I had done thousands of dollars of work for this guy. And I normally, it wasn't my habit or my practice to actually give printed things to people before they paid. But this was my friend, right? I mean, this guy was a pastor. And, and I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and give it to him. No big deal. He's, he's my friend. He's, he's going to have me come preach at his church, right? And so I, I, I give him these cards. And I give him all this stuff. And... I even lent him some money personally when we went on a trip together, and he had forgotten his, his wallet. And I said, no, no problem. I got it, buddy. No problem. 
and he never paid me back. And then three months go by, six months go by, a year goes by, nothing. And guess what? All those wonderful business clients that I had in the beginning began to taper off and I wasn't getting a lot of business. It was a really dry time. Nobody was investing money in website stuff at that point in the town that I lived in. And so all that wonderful business was gone. And I had done all this work for this guy, thousands of dollars worth of work. And then all of a sudden I find myself struggling. I was struggling. Matter of fact, it got so bad. At one point, my wife was also working a full-time job. It got so bad that when I opened up the cabinets at one point, that all we had to eat in our cabinets was a bag of rice. And that was it. That's how bad it got. Now, God provided all of our needs. He took care of us. And thank God that that wasn't the end of us. I'm still alive. I still eat. It's wonderful. <laughs> but that was a difficult time. We were trying to really stretch everything we could. And we got down to a very low point in our lives financially. And guess what? Every time I would struggle or every time I would try to figure out how am I going to pay this bill or that bill, all of my thoughts and anger started going back towards this one man and this one thing that had happened. Oh, that pastor. Ooh, that dirty rat. Anytime anybody mentioned his name, I would gladly step in the conversation and give them my opinion of him. And then guess what happened? Well, a building opened up right across the street from my office complex that I worked in. Guess who decides to relocate their church there? This pastor. So now I see him every day. He pulls up in his Lincoln or his Cadillac, whatever he had, and he pulls up and he's got a frame on the back of his license plate that says, too blessed to be stressed. Apparently, you're not blessed enough to pay your bills because I'm struggling. Wow. <laughs> I'm the one that's stressing. I'm the one that's angry, that gets bitter. I'm the one that starts not to trust anyone because I've been burned. I'm the one that begins to talk bad about him every time I got an opportunity to. Because I was hurt. Because I was angry. He did me wrong in business. If you're a business owner and you're in here today and you've been done wrong by somebody, it hurts. Especially when you did a good job for them. And you put all of, you, you're just so proud of your work. You step back and you go, wow. And then they don't pay you. That, that hurts, man. That really hurts a lot. It makes you just want to completely write that person off. And every time you see him, you I know how that feels. I know how that feels when I was depending on that to help take care of my family. And so I saw him every day get out of his car because I had the corner office there in the little office complex I was in. I had the window and I saw right there. I even took him out to breakfast at one point after... This had been going on for about six months, and I paid for breakfast, by the way. <clears throat> Took him over to IHOP, and, um, and I explained to him, listen, man, I need you to pay something on this, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. It's just been tight lately. It's been tough. Oh, it's been hard. And I would see him parked at the steakhouse. Oh, is it too hard then? It was difficult seeing those things, seeing all that stuff happen. It hurt. I harbored bitterness. I harbored unforgiveness. I even told him, man, if you could just pay me $20 a month, something, anything, and he never did. Well, about two and a half, almost three years go by, and I'm seeing this guy every day, and every time the devil would just <laughs> remind me, every time I'd look out that window, 
And I would think about the bills that I had to pay, think about the family that I had to feed, because all three of my kids were in diapers at that time. I had twin girls and my son. They're only, they're only 17 months apart, so they were all three in diapers. And diapers are expensive. <laughs> and I would have this to- terrible attitude towards this guy every time I saw him. And then the Lord just hit me like a ton of bricks one day. He said, who are you trusting in? <coughs> what do you mean? I'm not trusting He said, you're looking at that man as your source. And you're looking at him as the reason why you're not succeeding financially. You have pinpointed it back to this man. And he is your problem. And no matter who else does me wrong or doesn't pay the bill. He wasn't the only one that didn't pay his bills. But at the same time, he's the one that allowed you to get to that place where you got so hard in your heart. And then you begin to have a terrible attitude. And you begin to look at men as your source. And I just started weeping right there. And God put it on my heart to stop writing him ugly letters because I would write him one about every three months and remind him that he owed me money and they got more and more aggressive every time. And God told me, I want you to forgive this man. He said, I want you to release him of his debt. I want you to owe no man nothing but to love him. I don't want you to hold this over his head anymore. So I call him up. Say, hey, I want you to come over here. He comes and sits in my office and he was nervous because he just thought I was just going to rip him to shreds because he had read the, the letters that I had been sending him. And I said, listen, I said, what you did was wrong. I said, um, I said you, you owe me money and you should pay me. I said, but you know what? I said, I've done you wrong. And he looked at me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I've been talking bad about you to other pastors and other people. And I said, and every time I look across the street, I have this hardness and this bitterness in my heart towards you. I said, and I've allowed my disappointment, my frustration with you to carry over into other areas of my life, even with my wife, my children. I began to point fingers and blame other people for my problems instead of taking responsibility and trying to do the best I could with what I had and move forward and start trusting God. I was looking at you as my source. And I just looked him in the face and I told him, I said, I forgive you. I said, but I need you to forgive me. I said, and I'm going to release you of this debt. I said, will you forgive me? I said, you don't owe me anything except to love me. And I said, I'm not going to talk about you anymore. I'm not going to do business with you ever again. I'm wise, but I'm gentle. I'm wise, but I'm gentle. God, God told me to give that man grace and to release him of that debt. And I did. And buddy, let me tell you, when I did, I just felt like a ton of bricks was just, just fell off of me. And I just felt like I could breathe again. And then God opened up doors for me and so many things began to click and fall into place. I actually sold my business uh, and, and, and actually made quite a bit of money off of the sale of my business. Ended up moving to Arkansas and pastoring a church there. And God completely restored everything that the enemy had tried to steal from us. And all of the poor decisions that I had made. Everything. God will restore. But you have got to put yourself in the position to allow him to. You can't just sit there and go, why me, God, if it wasn't for so-and-so, if this wouldn't have happened, if they wouldn't have done that, <laughs> Your heart's broken and you're hurting and you're wounded and you're looking for something to fix it. And you're wanting God to bail you out and he's saying, you got something you're holding on to. You've got a bad attitude and you're trusting in man rather than trusting in me. It's not that I don't want to bless you. Believe me, I do. 
You just got to have your heart operated on because you're not healthy right now. You got to have some heart work. And then I can open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you. And buddy, let me tell you, he did. Thank God for his faithfulness. And he didn't let me drown. He's never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread, right? It's what the Bible says. And I had to hold on to that. And I say, Lord, I trust you. Well, what's going on? Why is everybody doing me wrong? You're trusting in people. You're not trusting in me. I had to learn to trust in God. And here's the thing, folks. Being wise is setting boundaries in our lives, but doing so with grace. We do need to set boundaries, but we need to do so with grace. We don't need to be a jerk just because we've been burned or hurt. Hello. We don't need to treat people poorly just because we've been burned or hurt. Let me tell you something. We need to set boundaries in our lives, but do so with grace. I learned a lot of lessons from doing business with that guy. I learned what to do, what not to do. I learned how to handle my different accounts and how close I could get to someone in that particular area uh, so far as keeping that business relationship and that friendship. I learned all that stuff during that time. I had to learn that stuff if I was going to survive. God used that thing that almost destroyed me, turned it around, and actually it benefited me and helped me to be a little bit smarter. But also I didn't harbor that bitterness anymore. I was now able to move forward with grace and be gentle like a dove as well. You see, uh, let's let's check out another scripture here. Um, In Matthew 10, let's just uh, look up just a little bit to Matthew 10 and verse 8. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. He said, listen, I'm giving you my authority and my name to go out and to do all these things, preach the gospel, go out and do these things, see people healed, see people set free of demonic, uh, you know, possession, oppression, all that good stuff. I want you to go out and see people, people healed and set free. And I want you to go out, but, but here's what I don't want you to do. He told the disciples, I don't want you to go out and try to charge a fee for this and make money off of this. So don't go out there and go, you know, oh, demon removed, 1995. (laughs) Blind man, healed in Jesus' name, three easy payments of $29.95. Act now and we'll throw in, you know, whatever. But he said, don't go out and charge money for this. He said, because that's not why I'm giving you this authority. He said, I'm giving it to you freely. He said, and you received it freely, so I want you to give it freely. Has anybody in this room been forgiven? Have you received the forgiveness of God? Thank God for that. Amen? Thank God we've received His forgiveness and His mercy and grace. You received that freely. You welcomed that. Because, buddy, let me tell you who I was before Christ. I'm going to receive that forgiveness because I was messed up. I freely received that new life. But now that you've received it freely, freely give it. The same grace that has been allotted to you, freely give that. Freely give that, but be smart about it. Be smart. Be wise as a serpent. Know who to hang out with, who to partner with, who not to, what road to go down with who and what road to not go down with at the same time. But also, you freely receive, so you need to also freely give. Wise as serpents, but gentle as dove. So you've received forgiveness, so I've received forgiveness, and we need to freely give it and not hold it over somebody's head when they do us wrong or hurt us. Don't try to redeem payment to manipulate someone and hold them in bondage. And all of a sudden you become their captor because you go, you remember when you did this, I'm not going to let you forget that one. Or you might tell your spouse, oh, I'm going to remember this next time. 
and you bring it up and you hold them captive. Hold them captive to their failures or their weakness or their mistakes. And you hold them captive and you constantly bring it up in their face. We accuse and we bring all this stuff up. The Bible says that the devil's the accuser of the brethren. I don't want to allow myself to be used by Satan to accuse my wife or accuse my children or accuse my boss or my friends or my family members. Amen, somebody? But so many times we try to hold people captive with our words. We try to hold people captive to their past. Well, I want to go and do this. Yeah, well, you remember last time you tried that and you just fell on your face. You remember, you remember this and this and this and this, and we remind people of their failures. We constantly bring that stuff up in their face over and over again. Have you received forgiveness? Have you received grace? Then we need to freely give it and not hold people in bondage. Check this out in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. It says this, Matthew 18 and 21. Peter came to Jesus. He said, Lord, how often am I supposed to forgive my brother when he sins against me? He said, maybe seven times, and that's it? You know, seven times, no more forgiveness for you. <laughs> I mean, sounds good to me, right? Jesus said, listen, I'm not saying just seven times. He said, I'm saying 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. He wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money. But he was not able to pay that, and his master commanded that he be sold. The master said, sell his wife, sell his kids, sell everything he has, and payment will be made. The servant therefore fell down. He said, master, please have patience with me. I will pay you everything I owe you. Then the master said to that servant, that it, he was moved with compassion. He released him, and he said, I'm going to forgive you of this debt. But that servant, after he was forgiven, he went out and he found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred denarii, which is not as much money. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and he said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and he begged him. He said, have patience with me. I'll pay you everything I owe you. He would not be patient, but he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been happened, they were grieved and they came. They told their master, they said, listen, this is what happened. Then the master, after he had called him, he said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you if from his heart you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. We don't need to hold people in bondage from their past. Amen. We need to forgive. We need to be able to release because we have been forgiven much. That doesn't mean that we don't set clear, healthy boundaries, but we do so with grace. We're not the judge. We're the one that's, supposed to, that's been forgiven, so we're supposed to extend that grace and love and forgiveness, but we can set boundaries, healthy boundaries. But at the same time, we always need to be aware that we have freely received, and so we're supposed to freely give. And here's how we can do that. Here's how we can make those kind of decisions. We can always, always, always trust God and His Word. Always, amen? amen? We can always trust God and His Word. Because man will fail, man will disappoint, but God never fails. That's what the Bible says in Zephaniah 3 and 5. It says, God, He never fails. He will never fail. We sang about it today. Your love never fails. You don't give up. Thank you, God, that you don't fail. We have to allow God's grace and mercy to be our healer. Allow Him to heal us of our wounds. You see, 
He's the one who heals us through accepting his love, his mercy, and then extending that towards others. But the problem is, is that some people get stuck. They get stuck in the right now. (laughs) They get stuck because they refuse to let someone or something go. They get stuck and they begin to build those walls, begin to isolate themselves, begin to keep people at arm's length because I'm afraid of being hurt again. Listen to me, folks. That, that thing with your parents, it's time to let that go. It's time to make that right. It's time to forgive that in your heart. That thing with that family member, that thing with that ex-spouse, that thing that may be between you and your boss or you and your coworker. it's time to find healing. Maybe as a business owner, one of those clients, maybe it's time that you let that go in your heart. There's nothing wrong with pursuing a debt. So don't get, hear me wrong. You just have to set healthy boundaries and make sure that your heart is in the right place. Make sure that you're not holding something over someone's head just because you're so angry at them. Because that hurt will take control of your life. And it will hold you back from moving forward with God. It's not God holding you back. It's the fact that you won't let it go that's holding you back. It's not, why won't God bless me? It's God going, why won't you find that forgiveness and that healing? Why won't you be vulnerable? Why won't you open yourself up to trust me that I really am bigger than that one guy that didn't pay his bill? Don't you think God's bigger than that? Don't you think God is bigger than whatever petty argument or thing may have happened or been done or said by someone, no matter how petty or significant that it may have been, no matter how much pain it made you feel? Don't you think that God is bigger than that? Don't you think God is bigger than that junk that's been making you just get stuck in this depressive state for all of these years? Don't you think God is bigger than that and he can heal that? Then we have to trust him. We have to trust his word. We have to open ourselves up to him and say, okay, God, you said forgive. I don't feel like it right now, but I'm going to go ahead by faith. And I'm going to go ahead and move on that by faith. Because I trust that this is the thing that I need to do that's going to help me to move forward. Because I'm aligning myself with your word, with your truth. And if you say forgive because I freely give and I need to free, I, I, I've been freely received it and I need to freely give it, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm allowing God to work on my heart. I'm allowing his truth to chisel away at those hard places and to fill those broken and empty places. I'm allowing him to do hard work in my life. See, we need to allow God to be our healer today, right now. Psalm 147 and 3 says that God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. You see, God is in the healing and the restoration business. He doesn't want you to be stuck in, well, they didn't talk to me, or they didn't speak to me, or they said this, or they did this. And you don't know how bad and ugly and hurtful it was. No, I'm not going to get stuck in that. You see, because all throughout your life, people are going to still continue to disappoint and hurt. People are going to say and do things that you cannot control, and that may be things that do you wrong. We can't control people. But I can control how I respond to that situation. Am I going to respond out of a heart full of love and gratitude of the compassion and forgiveness that I've been shown and allow God to heal that hurt through me forgiving and releasing and moving forward and heal that broken heart? Or am I going to get stuck and hold on to it and just start spiraling down, angry, confused, bitter, mad at God, mad at people? 
Proverbs 3 and 5 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, everything you do, and He's going to direct your path. Heart work is hard work because it requires us to open ourselves up to trust again. That's why it's hard. That's why heart work is difficult. It's difficult to sometimes release some of the things we've been holding on to. But folks, let me tell you, as we do, we experience healing and restoration. It's a lot easier to say these things than it is to do these things, isn't it? It's tough when you think about that because I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart this whole time I've been preaching this message. And He's kind of been bubbling some things up to the surface that you know this is still something that I'm kind of holding on to that I need to let go of, that I need to find healing in my life, that I need to allow God to do the heart work, that I've got to do my part. I've got to allow Him to be my healer. I've got to release people. I've got to stop dwelling on who said what or who did this or what they didn't do or didn't say or whether or not that they were there. My dad wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. This person wasn't there in my life. I was wounded by this tragic event. Whatever the case may be, we've got to open ourselves up to be vulnerable and allow God to be our healer by allowing His truth to affect our lives. We do that by hearing it and doing it. I'm going to release that to you, Father, and trust you. Lord, forgive me for holding on to this or trying to manipulate this person and hold this over their head. It's been a stumbling block for me for years. I'm ready to experience your healing. You know what you need to do. Maybe that means today that a conversation or an email or a phone call is in order. Maybe the person sitting next to you, you need to look at them and tell them you're sorry. Maybe you need to apologize to your children. Maybe you need to have that vulnerable open moment where you truly are ready to live all things new and not just sing about it and talk about it and come to church hoping you feel better when you leave. But that you make some life-changing decisions today that I'm not going to be ruled anymore by my disappointment or my hurt. I'm not going to be ruled by that junk that the enemies tried to throw at me to try to hold me back and hold me down. Perhaps God has been working on your heart this whole service telling you it's time for you to trust people again. People aren't your source of happiness. They're not your source of peace. But you can confidently open up yourself to others again and get close to people because you know who your source is. And you realize, I'm not in bondage. I'm forgiven and free. What am I afraid of what man can do unto me? What, am I, what, what can man do unto me? I, I, I'm confident in who I am in Christ. Not in what others would value me at or not because of my past or my mistakes or my failures. I'm valuable because I belong to God. I'm valuable because it's not me who lives anymore, but it's Christ who lives in me. Who I was is dead and gone, and now I'm going to find my life in Christ, and I'm going to open myself up to trust. And I'm going to allow Him to heal my wounds, to heal my hurt. Would you bow your head and just close your eyes this morning? Maybe you're here in this place this morning. You're saying, yeah, pastor, I need that healing. I need to let this go. I need to move forward. This has been a stumbling block. I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to you this day. Right now in this moment. 
and know that God loves you, that God forgives you, and that you freely received. So freely give and open yourself up to allow Him to be your healer. Let this just minister to you today. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging sea. 